This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Measured Thoughts on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here's your host, David Reepstein. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Measured Thoughts with Dave Reepstein on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Dave Reepstein. I'm a professor of marketing here at the Wharton School, and we're live every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Channel 132, and we are replayed throughout the week. What's in a name? Can anyone out there think of a company that's changed its name? Can anyone think of a company that's changed its name and then changed it back. And the reason I ask these questions is because of our guests that we have today. On today's show, we are going to focus on the topic of a company brand name change. IHOP recently changed their name from IHOP to IHOB. I, in this show, previously said it was a disastrous idea. They have changed it back now to IHOP, but say, gotcha. April Fool's, it was planned all along. Do you buy it? Well, we're going to find out because on this show, we have with us my guest, Brad Haley, who's the chief marketing officer of IHOP. Let me first read some results for you of what we see has happened with IHOP during their campaign where they changed their name. They generated over 4 billion earned media impressions. IHOB was mentioned in more than 25,000 stories. That's 25,000 stories. There were over 2.1 million social media conversations with a potential reach of 4.4 billion people. 1.2 million tweets in just the first 10 days. IHOB was the number one and number three global trend on Twitter on the campaign launch day. I think finally somebody replaced Trump on Twitter. So amazing what it is they've they've accomplished. No question, this campaign caught our attention. So let's hear from the man behind it. That's Brad Haley. Brad, Chief Marketing Officer of HiHop, really glad to have you on the program. Welcome. Thank you, Dave. It's my pleasure to be here. So I I know I stole some of your thunder by reading off some of of what I've been able to find for for what's happened uh, during that campaign, but really want to hear the true story from you. But let me first start with, give us some of your background and how you came to be at IHOP. Sure. Well, I, I started out, after I, I received my MBA, I started out in package goods marketing, where I worked for several years and was eventually recruited to go work for jack-in-the-box restaurants in their marketing program. And coming out of package goods, I was intrigued by the opportunity to work in a, in a marketing environment where pretty much every dollar you spent was targeted directly to the consumer as opposed to, as I'm sure you know, in packaged goods, a lot of the marketing resources end up going to retailers for stocking sure. allowances and other things. Right. So I was there uh, for all of two months when they had their uh, devastating E. coli contaminated hamburger incident. Ew. So I was part of the team to, that worked on turning them around, and fortunately, I, I uh, was able to launch the Jack's Back advertising campaign, which got them back on their feet, and that campaign's still in use today. After after several years there, I was uh, because of those the success I had there, I was recruited by the CKE company, which has the Carl's Jr. and Hardee's brands to help turn around their struggling Hardee's restaurant chain. 
And after succeeding with that, I was subsequently named uh, CMO for both brands, uh, Carl's uh, Jr. and Hardee's. And after a 17-year run there, which has to be, I think, a modern era record in the in the marketing world, uh, I, I uh, joined IHOP as uh, their CMO, and this is my this month is my first year anniversary. What a rich, rich and challenging background in QSR, quick service restaurants. So I'm, I'm quite impressed by that, uh, sort of that, that wealth of experience that you've got. You're currently the chief marketing officer at IHOP? Yes. And what's your responsibility there? Although I'm, the title should tell us, but, but explain it for us. That's yeah, pr- pretty much responsible for all, aspect, all aspects of marketing, communications, uh, branding, uh, certainly uh, product development and public relations. And, and what was the condition when you joined IHOP? What was going on? What was, what was the situation when you took over there? Well, the brand had been experiencing uh, some uh, negative comp store sales for almost two years, and that's in a category in the family dining segment, which uh, has had also been experiencing negative traffic trends for a while. But but the IHOP brand is absolutely an iconic brand. I know that term's overused, but it's true in this case. It's been around. This is actually our 60th year anniversary. And, and there's a lot of latent love for the brand, but that latent love just kind of needed to be activated. So I think the goals that I identified shortly before joining the company and, and was confirmed shortly thereafter as uh, the things we needed to do were, was to increase the, the brand's visibility and relevance with, its, with the public, and uh, that, that, was, that was primarily a marketing communications job. Uh, it was kind of rationalizing the product pipeline and calendar processes at the company, and then lastly, developing the, this kind of the, 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 the post-breakfast day part, because that's that's that, that's an internal white space that IHOP has, and and was one that that was a big opportunity for us to to develop. So l- let me tell you my impressions of IHOP, which are um, which is sort of interesting because I don't think I'm alone here, which is that if you want pancakes, no place better to go than IHOP. It is the go-to place. You get you know the great stack of pancakes. You can have them various different ways. Actually, Sarah used to work as a waitress in IHOP before she ended up becoming uh, a lawyer. You know, I don't think that's normally the career path, but it was one that she did very, very successfully. So I, I, you know, I think of it as such. But you know, first of all, there's this trend towards healthier eating, and then there's also the fact that while you're the go-to. Uh, pancake place, those are normally eaten, not for everybody, but for most people, for breakfast. And so you've got these restaurants that are sitting not as occupied during other parts of the day. So I think that's got to be a huge challenge and part of what it is you are facing. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, a lot of, other than our, our our regular guests, and obviously there are a lot of those, there's many people in the world that just view IHOP as the pancake place or the right. breakfast place. So, yeah. So developing that developing those day parts that are anything other than breakfast was was a big challenge and one we knew we had to we had to tackle very carefully uh, and also very strategically to get people to start to look at us a little bit differently so uh, tell me we got to hear about this ihob campaign and um i want to know if it was pre-planned and you know just all the thinking that was behind that 
Sure. Well, it, it was absolutely pre-planned, and and uh, one of the things that uh, one of the things that I did shortly after I started with the company was conduct an agency review to make sure that we could our marketing communications could be as visible as they needed to be, and the brand could could become more relevant with with a larger uh, cross section of the country. So after a review, we hired Droga5 out of New York. Droga5 is, is a very talented agency, if you're not familiar with them. And uh, after doing several campaigns, they were tasked with helping us determine how best to roll out burgers at IHOP. And as you may or may not know, the reason we landed on burgers is, is that burgers are typically the, the, the first, second, or third most consumed menu item for Pretty much every man, woman, and child in America. So it was the broadest, it was the broadest entree category, and therefore the one that made the most sense for us to to push into first. To build but it, it. but it's a crowded space, also. It is a crowded space, but I I I, I don't think we're anywhere close to, to tapping the the maximum potential for burgers in in this country. In other words, I think there's always room for for one more. But but we knew we had but but. To, to make this work for us, we had to do at least three things really well. One, we had to come up with a great burger, and our culinary our culinary team, led by Chef Neville Pataki, did an amazing job coming up with with great tasting burgers. But but they also had to have a quality had to have quality claims associated with them that would help us sort of establish credibility in in this in these day parts that are not breakfast. So uh, after doing a lot of research through our CI team, we determined that the, the the claims that would be the most compelling for the public were 100% all-natural beef, 100% choice beef, and 100% black Angus beef. So we built those claims. We, we made the burger that, that delivered on those claims. It was a delicious burger. It's actually smashed on, on, on a grill uh, so it gets nice and brown and stays juicy. They're delicious burgers. So we did all that, and we knew from all of our testing with with our with our guests and, and category users and even non-category users that we had a great burger. So the, the 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 last job and maybe the biggest job of all was how to convince the public that we take burgers as seriously as we take our pancakes, and that that actually was the creative strategy. And uh, the Droga Five team came back with the idea of flipping the P to a B uh, for IHOB. And uh, it, it, it was a it was a completely I, I can't think of of I was going to say omni-channel, but I can't I don't that, that probably doesn't do it justice. I can't think of a channel that wasn't employed in this communication. It kicked off uh, as all as maybe all good things do with a tease on Twitter and in in traditional media, where we simply showed the logo, the the P flipping to a B, and the date, and. And uh, as you know, the, that, that's when the internet kind of went crazy and 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 generated a lot of those stats that that you referenced earlier, Dave. Although I think you left a zero out of the earned immediate impressions. It's forty billion, not four billion. That oh my gosh! Have. Oh my gosh! I mean, that's and, that's just crazy. This, this may go down as the campaign of all time. I mean, you're going to get all sorts of gold stars and uh, and probably a big bonus. Well, uh, and and hopefully the big bonus for sure, and uh, less with the gold that. stars. Well, the uh, it's it's a uh, it it certainly it's certainly been a it's it's hard to judge these things on a relative basis over time because if you go back far enough, there there was no internet, there was no social media, so it was all traditional media and paid and earned. Uh, so it's kind of, it's hard to compare, but 
but it's it's big. It's hard to think of other ones that, that in recent memory that, that, that approached this level. So let me remind our audience, you're listening to Measured Thoughts with Dave Reepstein on Business Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 132, and we're talking with Brad Haley, who's the Chief Marketing Officer of IHOP, and now the guru of marketing to have come up with the IHOP campaign together with his agency. Let me understand this, uh, Brad. You are... Um, you change not only did you do that Twitter tease, you changed some of the signage. You changed some of the the cups and napkins, and there were lots of just physical changes that were made. This was big. Yeah, well, that, that's what that's what gets to the kind of the the uh, omni-channel aspect of it. Besides besides social media and 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 traditional media. Uh, there was there was an experiential component to this too. In every restaurant, there was there was merchandising, some merchandising that communicate that that showed IHOB on a on a menu, on some collateral merchandising materials. But we also felt it was important to rebrand uh, some of our internal communications. So some of our social media switched from IHOP to IHOB. Some of our some of our executives own LinkedIn. Profiles changed to re- to reveal that, that their company was IHOB, and and we had funny we had funny burger burgered titles like Chief Burger Officer, etc. <laughs> but what we did is, but we also f- knew we had to flip at least one restaurant, and we made so we had sort of a flagship restaurant on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood that was very visible, and we literally that was the only store where we literally changed uh, the name of uh, we changed the signage, and and that I think helped sort of sell the idea to a lot of people because it's a very visible location. So we had people that were posting photos of the signs as they were being changed on social media and saying, it's really happening, folks. So, so that, that got passed around. So I think, I think that, that event helped sort of convince the world that maybe they're serious. And, and, and by the way, we got a lot of calls from signage companies asking us if they could bid on the RFP to change all the signs in all of our restaurants. I, I bet. Well, I will tell you, you totally, I mean, I bought it. I, I, I bought it hook, line, and sinker. I was totally in on it. I thought you had done it. I couldn't believe you had done it because you had done such a great job creating this brand of IHOP and then to abandon it and go to Burger, it, it just was inconceivable to me. So I was just, you know, flabbergasted but astonished that you had done it and totally believing that you had done it. How difficult was it for you to sell this in internally, that we're going to change our name, we're going to do this thing and get people thinking about us as burgers? Uh, how, t- talk to me about that internal process. Well, it, it wasn't as difficult as, as, as you might think because, because uh, I, I think everyone realized that to get people to think differently about IHOP – we had to we had to be disruptive, and and again the creative strategy was to convince people we we, we take our burgers just as seriously as we take our pancakes. So certainly one one of many ways to go about that was to was to orchestrate a name change, and and that captured that captured obviously imaginations of, of millions or billions in this case billions of people, and but we did it, it we did everything in a tongue in cheek way so it was it was fun because we knew eventually when we let the air out of the balloon and told people that the the, the that we're really IHOP and the B is for burgers 
that that we we wanted people to feel like they had a good time and a lot of people had, a lot of people had a good time as as Absolutely. you probably saw there were many many guesses there were many stories about what the bee could could be there were there were radio shows that did contests there were there were office pools that we heard of where people were betting on what the bee stood for so a lot of people had fun at the end of the day and and that certainly uh, you know helped it helped it work but but internally people knew that we had to be disruptive and the name change was 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 certainly certainly that and certainly worked out you know in an even bigger way than than we ever could have dreamed. So when you did this, did you uh, you know I I'm a big for it, uh, April Fool's Day uh, prankster, but I never let those go very long. Did you have some predetermined time when you said okay we're going to let this run for a month or we're going to let it run till sort of the buzz dies down or how did you how did you think about how long you were going to let it run well we had our we have our, our 60th anniversary uh, we had a we always celebrate our our anniversary every year at the same time and this happened to be our 60th anniversary so and we usually have a pancake promotion associated with that so we knew that about a week and a half after we started promoting or two weeks after we started promoting the burgers or teasing teasing the name change and promoting the burgers that we were going to be running advertising associated with 60 cent pancakes uh, at IHOP for our 60th anniversary, so that was the, that was a logical time to announce that that uh, the the P was really uh, the the B was really a stunt. So we had an ad that that uh, celebrated our anniversary and 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 the copy in in a in a in a modified happy birthday song said uh, and the B was just a stunt to promote our burgers. And uh, so, so that was always part of the plan that we would do so at that at that time. B also stands for birthday, right? Pardon me. B stands for birthday too. It, it, it also it also stands for birthday. Okay. Well, one last thing that might help convince me on this, um, which is you're a franchise based business, right? Uh huh. Did you tell your franchisees that this was a prank and this was temporary? We absolutely did, and uh, yeah, we have as as with many companies uh, that that are that are uh, that, that are predominantly franchised. Uh, there are, we have we have uh, franchise committees that that advise us on on various aspects of the business. We had an advertising committee, and we ran that. We ran the idea by them, and they were they were big fans. Actually, they they we had one of our our regular meetings with them at Droga Five's offices in New York, and and that's where they first heard the idea. And they were they were fans out of the gate. We also happened to have co-op meetings that were happening at the same time, and we shared the idea. And it went over it went over remarkably uh, well. I think people thought people were excited. They they knew it would generate interest, but uh, but uh, I don't think that anyone expected it to generate the interest that it has. Interestingly, an interesting anecdote for you, Dave. The the franchisee, franchisee that owns the the IHOP restaurant on Sunset Boulevard that was rebranded as IHOP has asked if he could keep it keep it going longer. In other words, <laughs> there's no timetable for taking it down because he feels like it's become kind of a tourist attraction. But but there's a lot of fun things in, That's in, in the restaurant. I I, I love it. Um, well, there's a few funny things in the restaurant that the agency put in there. That, that if you get there, you should see it. They, they, re, they even rebranded uh, or reburgered, as they as they would say, the restaurant. So the men's restaurant is Burgays, and the women's restaurant is Burgals. So there's a lot of a lot of funny things in that restaurant when you wander in. So I, I can see why the franchisee wants to 
keep it going a little longer. Uh, I think that's fantastic. And and it is uh, very, very interesting to me that you were able to tell all the franchisees. And by the way, did they tell all of their employees? Um, I, they certainly did. They certainly did leading up to it. Uh, and, and we tried to keep it under wraps as much as we could up until the last minute because Obviously, the the, the 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 more people you tell, the more likely the, the, the word is you would get that it would get out before we were ready to. And we wanted to have a full week of teasing people with a flip of the P to the B, and uh, and and some employees snapped photos of some of the merchandising that came into the restaurants, and and uh, so we had to do some we had to do some obfuscation by posting some things of our own that that uh, that 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 showed that the B stood for something other than burgers. So. We tried to keep it. Uh, we, we tried to keep uh, keep it under wraps as long as possible. Well, excuse me for saying this, but I can't imagine anybody who should be able to master the flip better than those who flip pancakes for a living. So <laughs> you guys, you guys did it great, without a question. I'm just fla- I'm, I'm flabbergasted that you were able to keep all of the franchisees and all of their employees sort of being mum on this for this period of time. You got over sixteen hundred uh, stores. Yeah. And, well, like I said, some there were some. Some employees did post. Uh, some restaurant team members did post shots of of the merchandising, the new menus before they were handed out. But but I think there was enough of a groundswell of people that 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 uh, that, that had guessed. We're so sure that it was something breakfast related, either literally beef for breakfast or beef for brunch, or beef for bacon. Those were the, those were some of the common ones that that I, I think at that point uh, the die was already cast. Well, by the way, you've convinced me. I've got to go in and try your burgers just so uh, so I know that because I've had your pancakes. I've never gone in and just gotten a burger, but I'm going to have to do it uh, based on this. And that takes me to the question I really want to ask you, which is sure. sort of trying to think about, you know, what data you were looking at and what it is that you were observing and, and really trying to track um, which I assume is, you know, your sales in what had traditionally been off-peak periods and how much that had gone up. But I'm also curious what happened if there was some cannibalization of uh, of the pancake business. Sure. Well, I can. Uh, we're a, a publicly traded company, so I can't reveal specifics beyond what what was just shared last week, actually, at, at our second quarter uh, earnings release. But but what I can tell you is this. This promotion influenced three weeks of our second quarter, and our comparable restaurant sales were up seven-tenths of a percent for the quarter, which is our second consecutive quarter of comparable store sales growth. Uh, we've said that the burger volume increased fourfold from the, from the pre-burger levels, and we've, we've, we, I think we've sold burgers since the day we opened our restaurant 60 years ago, but, but they, they increased fourfold. We were... And we and we announced that our dinner day part sales mix increased by 200 basis points over the base period, which was uh, a big part of our one of our big objectives. So uh, again, three weeks only three weeks of this quarter were, were impacted by this promotion, but uh, but we were very happy to see that, that that it resonated with people. But and sales and traffic is absolutely the number one thing we look at. But social sentiment's a big part of it. And we have a, we, as most brands do, we have a brand advertising, uh, we have a brand tracking study that that we run that gets data in every week on many facets of the business. So we like to see how it Im- impacted people's perceptions of the brand, kind of the standard brand health metrics. 
so we do look at all those things but ultimately it's about it's about total day sales and traffic it's 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 obviously not enough to drive lunch and dinner day part if if breakfast suffers but but we were able to drive total day sales with this promotion so did pancakes uh, sales suffer we were we were able to hold the breakfast day part basically sta- stable and i think a lot of that was even though we weren't advertising breakfast on with with our paid or or social media there was so much buzz for the brand around this name change that I think it 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 it, it kind of got it, it was it, it raised it it got I hopped top of mind with so many people that there was just kind of an elevated traffic level coming to the restaurant and that sort of floated all boats. Wow, uh, very courageous to do. I'm I'm so impressed by all of that. Uh, you know, and by the way, that 0.7 percent increase doesn't sound large, but when we think about it in light of what you said is you previously you had had a negative same store sales. So just turning that around, um, it was an accomplishment in and of itself. And, <laughs> and, so, and so I think that happens to be huge, uh, as, uh, as you were doing it. Uh, what were some of the other things that you did, you know, sort of immediately after this campaign to keep things going? Well, um, immediately after the campaign, we've we've just we've, we've been continuing to promote uh, our our burgers with various paid and social, uh, paid and owned social communications to to our guests and the public. So, our goal is to to reinforce the habit uh, or the pattern of of buying these burgers because they are great burgers. We and they had a very high. Uh, repurchase intent score, which is when when we were in test with these burgers and we were in test in several markets before we rolled them out, we we would what's called intercept. We would intercept guests after they bought the burgers and ask them to rate various aspects of them. But one of the key questions is how likely would would people be to come back and buy the burgers again after they tried them? And, and these and these generated a very high repurchase intent score. So for us. We know it, 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 it's a, it, our, our number one objective is to get people to try these burgers, and once they try the burgers, we know the the, the vast vast majority of them will want to come back and get get them again. So, so we're all about continuing to promote the burgers, and anyone who hasn't had a chance to stop in, like yourself, Dave, and right, try right. them. No, I'm going to have to do it. We're continuing to promote them to get people to come in and try them because they are great burgers, and and again, the, the people are very satisfied once they try them. So let me remind our audience, you're listening to Measured Thoughts with Dave Reepstein on Business Radio Sirius XM. We're currently talking with Brad Haley, who's the chief marketing officer of IHOP and the man that was behind the IHOP uh, spoof on the American public. And, and by the way, I just said on the American public. I want to know if you did this internationally. In the second half of the program, I'm going to take your calls on uh, any brand name changes that you could think of for other companies, sort of like IHOP did. And you can give us a call at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. So, um, so did you do this campaign internationally, uh, Brad? Well, we are the International House of Pancakes. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. Yes, that's, we, that's, yes, that's, we did. We did do it in in other around the uh, around the world as well. It was it was interesting, kind of during the height of of this um, of the kind of the the, the, the media frenzy around um, around the name change. Uh, we were hearing from people who had relatives in Europe call them to say that uh, what's going on with this IHOP thing, and even in even in countries where we don't have any IHOP restaurants. <laughs> so it, it it the word spread internationally. Obviously, to get that kind of 
uh, earned media reach, you've got to, it, it had to be an international story, and it, and it was. So did anybody uh, start saying, man, this is going so well, don't change it back, just keep it? Not really. I th- the, the plan was the plan was always to make it a short term thing. Other, so other than other than the franchisee that owns the Sunset Boulevard IHOP restaurant that's still branded as IHOP, uh, there was never there, there was never an intention to keep it around for a long time. Although although we do uh, we, we have uh, we have tweaked some of our uh, our messaging rotation strategy to keep burgers a little bit more front and center. Uh, than even than we had originally tended intended to do. So there's so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of love for the burgers, but but the plan was never to stay IHOB past its time. Sure. Now one of the things you said was your objective was to change the paradigm in people's minds about the about IHOB just being pancakes. Did you take any measures to see whether or not you've changed that paradigm? Well, we are getting uh, absolutely well. We get we get a lot of that from the brand our brand tracking study, right. and and those 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 results are still coming in. But but we absolutely measure we measure that and many many other things. And and it's a continuous tracking study. So we're out we're out talking to people literally every week. Uh, so uh, so we are getting those measures. But I can tell you this much. Uh, I can tell you certainly anecdotally. That there were many, many people that said I had no idea that IHOP served anything beyond pancakes and breakfast food until this happened, and now I'm going to have to give their burgers a try. So that was, so it 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 did it did work in 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 both kind of on an anecdotal basis, but we're also seeing it in the tracking studies that 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 we we run. Uh, so so that's great. You're capturing that as well. So what are you going to do to perpetuate this? You've got this big pop, all this attention, tons of buzz. Uh, you've got this uh, set of uh, repurchase intent, which I think is really important. Um, what's what's the encore? Well, the well, I, I, I can't tell you, but but I, yeah. but I can't but I can tell you that that the brands the brands a lot more visible than than it was. Before all this happened, so I think previously things that we did might might not have received kind of the attention that they would get now. So we're we're very aware of that. So I think anything we do, whether whether it's the next next time we introduce a new pancake flavor or whatever it may be, that that uh, that we'll make sure that there's something fun and interesting for the media and the public to to get excited about. Well, I can imagine you've got people paying attention to see what it is that's going to happen next. Um, but I suspect it's going to be more than just a new flavor or something, right? Because now we expect big things. Well, there'll be obviously for us. There's there's building this um, kind of after breakfast day part. We refer to it as a PM day part. Uh, besides building that, there's still a lot of people that come to us for our breakfast and our pancakes. So we're, we're by no means walking away from that. So. So we will we'll, we'll still devote uh, the, the lion's share of our marketing support, our marketing resources during the course of a year, to our to our core business. But but we will absolutely continue to make sure, uh, remind people, and and provide new reasons to come to us after breakfast. So, uh, so I'm going to switch just a little bit and ask you the question about in an environment where healthy eating is growing, um, what is it you're doing on that front? 
Well, there's there, there's a variety. I, I guess the short answer is we believe in giving people choices, and there's a there's a variety of things on on our menu that allow people to eat healthfully, including uh, including egg white omelets that are made with veg, vegetables. So there's lot there's many ways that people can eat kind of in a low calorie or or, or way if they choose to. The the the, the way people seem to be viewing kind of better for you I'll say eating now is 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 having food that they 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 want to feel good about and that can that can and it could be a bunch of ways it could certainly be low calorie for some people it could be gluten free for other people it could be knowing that my food is all natural or it's high it's it's it has some quality claim that that makes me feel good about going there or it was made fresh for me so those are all things that that we are uh, that we are pursuing, and, and and frankly, we built them, we built them in a burger. A burger is not something that it, it would be considered diet food by any means, but but the fact that it's got the quality that we built into it, 100% choice black Angus beef and 100% all natural beef, uh, those are the kind of things that give people reason to feel good about when they want to have a burger, having having the one that's available at IHOP. No, I think you're hitting a lot of the right buttons. I'm very impressed. Um, I, I do think you win the Marketer of the Year Award, so uh, thank you very much for joining me. We're going to need to take a short break. This is Measured Thoughts with Dave Reepstein. I'm Dave Reepstein, and you're listening to Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. 